you're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it with tales from all over the nation. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, hello there, AP. Well, hello, Morphology. How are you this fine, chilly October day? I am great. It is incredibly windy here, but I have been unloading the little merchandise trailer from all the different things that we brought along to the Great Iowa Fall Ride last weekend. Oh, yeah. Well, good. I, w- I wanted to touch base on the Great Iowa Fall Ride. Yeah. It was so, a blast. It was really, really fun. My job on the ride was maybe one of the most fun jobs that you can have an event, which is handing out patches. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone who went around the Easter Lake Loop, I got to see and hopefully talk to unless they skipped by me, which would be really rude. <laughs> but I just had so much fun talking to all the different riders and some of the people that gave us a shout out from the podcast. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was actually there. Uh, I I got to ride the ride all day and I did a little bit of help with you on social media. Yeah. But I was there at the patch pickup and, you know, socializing with my friends. And I literally heard a woman say, are you the girl from the podcast to you? <laughs> it was so yeah, awesome. Yeah. And then my favorite is when they ask me if I'm AP or Murph. Yeah. <laughs> because obviously to me it's super obvious, but <laughs> to them it's you, you, they wouldn't know. So it's just kind of yeah. tickles my funny bone. <laughs> oh, yeah. And You're welcome to ask. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. I really enjoyed this bike ride because I got to go on trails that I've never been before. Like I've never mm. been around Easter Lake. And holy cow, that's a huge body of water that just keeps going and going and going. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it's really, if you live in Des Moines, you know about Easter Lake. But if you don't live in Des Moines, you have no idea. And so in that way, it's a hidden gem. Yeah. So we got to try the brand new uh, Carl Voss trail as well, which I just wanted to add that because I saw Carl Voss on the fall ride. So shout out, Carl. (laughs) Yes, I saw Carl as well. And I was hoping I would see him while we were on the Carl Voss trail. Um, yeah. because it was so beautiful. But I did want to maybe tell him that there's quite a bit of elevation on that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, maybe he could have toned that down a little bit. But it it just makes us all better athletes, right? That's right. Well, I asked him about it, and he said that he had nothing to do with the <laughs> construction of the trail. And really? I said, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's so, great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was a gorgeous day. And now I have to decide what to do with, like, two dozen pumpkins. So. Oh, <laughs> You should have a pumpkin carving contest, like, with your, you know, coworkers or maybe your neighborhood. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have pumpkin seeds for days either way. Yeah, that's for sure. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been up to recently, Murph? Well, of course, I was in Des Moines over the weekend and did the fall ride. And then I went out to a a pumpkin patch that is run by uh, Pumpkin is his name. And Mm -hmm. uh, most people that do Ragbri are going to remember him because he's part of the Iowa Beer Bus crew. That's right. And all the pumpkins on the fall ride were provided by Pumpkin and Pierce's Pumpkin Patch. So shout out to them. They're A-plus pumpkins, and they're obviously still going to be open all the way through Halloween. Yes. And before we recorded, I did um, kind of express my fear because I went into the hay (laughs) maze 
and uh-huh. it's literally a maze of made of what do you call them hay bales mm-hmm. and it went on forever i almost was like starting to panic <laughs> as if i was getting lost and um and then you know there were small children running around everywhere and uh i was you know waiting for like some sort of goblin to jump out and be like ha it's haunted but i made to it to send up a signal flare <laughs> yes from i made the it pumpkin part i live yeah yeah Oh, thank goodness. I know. Uh, coming up this weekend here in my uh, the city I live in is what's called the Prohibition Ride. And Ooh. I think it's going to be the sixth annual. Uh, basically, it's uh, like a fundraiser ride for the Iowa Donor Network because one of the founders mm. had a lot of help from the Iowa Donor Network when her son had a transplant. Mm. Um, and the best part about this ride is it's a nice opportunity to dress up like you're in the 1930s. So Mm. I am so excited. I got some help with my costume or slash outfit and it's got like the, a big petticoat underneath the the skirt. So I'm not quite sure how I'm going to ride a bike, but we'll we'll figure it out. (laughs) I think you'll figure it out. Especially since I have uh, my aunt Peggy's uh, coaster brake bike from the fifties. So it's, it's going to be an interesting day. So we'll see. I, I can't wait to see. So two things about that real quick. First of all, shout out to Caroline from Shields who helped me on the patch stop at the fall ride. Oh yeah. I think she got uh, convinced to do the prohibition ride from your friends while we were, you were stopped there on oh, the sweet. ride. So <laughs> yeah. So I hope she goes shout out Caroline. Second thing, uh, little known fact, my first job was working for the national marrow donor network, which is a part of that. Oh really? Which uh, helping, keep their files up to date so Ah. there you go well thank you for your services at that (laughs) business like i can alphabetize with the best of them but (laughs) it's a great cause it's a fantastic ride absolutely recommend it yes yes and of course if you're actually listening to this before the event you can go on facebook and just look up prohibition ride Uh, it's in the town of cedar rapids so yeah yeah well let's get to our parrot talk yeah i have a little more to say about Soggy Monday, and I think you're going to enjoy it. All right, let's get to it. Well, hello, listeners. This is AP, and that's right. This means this is Paratalk. I'm squawking back at you with a couple of articles to round out a series that I started two weeks ago, which was Donald Call complaining about stuff. And it turns out it was not for no purpose. It was because he was riding the infamous Ragbri 9 Soggy Monday. And if you don't know what Soggy Monday is, it's probably what is known as the hardest day of Ragbri. There's a couple other days that were up there, but it was, instead of being really hot and sunny, it was gloomy and 40 to 50 degrees and rainy and windy. And while that may not sound so bad to you here, sitting here in your car or in your office listening to this podcast, if you were planning on riding a beautiful, sunny, 100 degree day and you'd only brought clothing for that, and then it turns out it was raining and cold and you probably only had a trash bag as your rain jacket, you might change your tune. And also remember that this was during the 80s where they would have had they wouldn't have had such technical material to wear where things would be wicking and you would dry off quickly. You would be soggy and damp and wet and your clothes would be heavy. And it just was not a pleasant experience. So for fun, I'm going to read you 
uh, Donald Call's article from the day of Soggy Monday. So without further ado, this is from July 28th, 1981. And this is his over the coffee column from Wall Lake, Iowa. Let's be clear about one thing. The second day of Ragbri was not the same as the first. It was longer, it rained more, and it seemed much colder. Just the way the headwinds were the same. A brutal. My God, what a day. I mean, this isn't a bike trip, it's Moby Dick. You expect some bearded guy with a harpoon to come running out of a farmyard at you yelling, There she blows! You remember a couple weeks ago when Jack Nicholas shot the worst golf score of his career in 83 in the British Open? He said something like, well, if you keep playing, eventually you're going to have your worst day. Well, if Ragbri 9 had been Jack Nicholas Monday, it would it would have shot a 98, most of it in water penalties. One more day like this one, and we can change the name of the ride to the Influenza Grand Prix. The reason I'm writing this from Wall Lake instead of Lake View, where the ride was scheduled to end Monday, is that I'm not at Lake View yet. I may never get there. I think I'm developing a fever. My neck hurts. My knees hurt. I want my mother. And speaking of mothers, I happened to see a letter that a young man sent to his from the ride. Dear Mom, he wrote, Well, it turns out that the juvenile court judge knew what he was doing when he sentenced me to a week of ragbri instead of jail for stealing them hubcaps. I'd rather be in jail. At least I'd be dry and warm. You remember them stories Daddy used to tell about World War II, about the mud and the cold and the sleeping in foxholes and the cold food? Well, ragbri is like that, except they make you ride a bicycle too. Believe me, Mom, if I make it through this alive, you're never going to have to worry about me again. I'm giving up my life of crime and going straight. Anything, just so they don't send me to Ragbri again. That's the kind of character-building event Ragbri is. Two of the people on the bike ride for whom character-building is too late are Carter LeBeau and John Keane, two men in their 50s who set out from Newport, Oregon, five weeks ago, intent on crossing the continent by bike. By design, they hooked up with Ragbri Sunday in Missouri Valley. To appreciate the incongruity of these two crossing the country together, you have to realize that Keene, an executive with IBM, is a classic liberal, while LeBeau, a semi-retired business executive, is somewhat to the right of Louis XIV. LeBeau thinks that welfare should be financed by a user's tax. Naturally, they talk politics. I get my daily lecture on the virtue of the free enterprise system, says Keene. It's a chore. Sometimes I find it more inspiring if I hum the battle hymn of the Republic underneath it. Carter's big thrill on the trip so far was when we rode through the National Nuclear Reactor Testing Center. Take that, Jane Fonda, he kept saying. But Keene is not without fault, according to LeBeau. Keene is neat. Neat, LeBeau says. He makes his bed when he gets up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. I hate to have him take the first shower in the morning because I can never figure out which towel he's used. Carter, on the other hand, is enthusiastic. Have you ever lived with someone who, when he gets up, is up, asks Keen plaintively. Every morning, LeBeau rushes out into the street and beats his chest. They're becoming known as the odd couple, although LeBeau is more Peter Pan than Oscar Madison. We'll still be friends after the ride, said Keen. Yeah, says LeBeau, about a year after. It's time to go out into the rain again and try to find Lakeview. I just looked out of the window. The last time I saw weather like this, Errol Flynn was at the helm with a sword in his teeth. 
If I make it, you'll be the first to know. If not, I'd like to be cremated and have my scat my ashes scattered over Michael Gardner. So it sounds like he had a pretty tough day. <laughs> his mind is wandering. His body's weak. You know, but the ride must go on. So that's my only article from Donald Call I have today. Then I'm going to switch over to John Karras, who is, if not suffering just as much as Call, maybe a little bit more positive. And I sort of think that reflects them as two different writers and their style and their personalities. This one, however, is from Wednesday, July 29th, 1981. So that would be, oh, two days later. So he, in fairness, Karras has had some time to recover <laughs> when he writes this article. So the title of the article is Ragbra Uses Soggy Nine Lives for Many Writers from Greenfield, Iowa. Ragbra Nine, what's left of it, smiled again Tuesday. Monday's rain stopped, but the wind stayed steady out of the northeast and wafted the riders along from Lake City to Greenfield on the third day of the Register's annual Great Bicycle Ride across Iowa 9. A lot of riders bailed out after the Monday debacle, but those who finished the day, even many of those who didn't, will remember it for a long time to come. They'll remember it in pain, of course, but they'll remember it. Indeed, it promises to become the standard against which all really rotten bicycling days will be judged. And side note, that is true. Years from now, when some cyclist is complaining about the difficulty of the part, a particular ride, another cyclist is going to say, hey, it's tough, sure, but it's nothing compared to Soggy Monday. World War II, that's what Monday's ride will become in the telling and retelling. It will be remembered also for the most almost frantic hospitality of the residents of Lake City. Sodden riders were housed for the night in basements, in garages, in campers, in shelters of every description. They were fed, showered, dried, and watered. We should return to Lake City someday in happier circumstances. As with all such disasters, there are many separate tales, some of which are even true. It is said, for example, that the cyclist descended on a men's clothing store in Schleswig that was holding a sale and cleaned it out. One young woman bought a men's wool suit for five bucks, put it on, pulled her garbage sack on over the ensemble, and rode off in the rain. Three other young men bought a suit with two pair of pants, divided the parts up among themselves, and left. A lot of people quit the ride entirely in a state of advanced demoralization and depression. Still others left because the stress of the ride had ruined their knees or ankles. Monday's ride brought Ragbri 9 down to the hard core. That includes such as Catherine Stroud of Knoxville, age unknown, but a retired teacher for more years than two, who has ridden the last part of every single ragbri and still can be seen out there pedaling along and grinning like a little kid on her three-speed bike. Quite a few people with cattle trucks and pickups turned a profit Monday by carrying drenched bikers from Swellsweg to Lake City. Going rate was about $5 a head. Donald Meyer, who farms near Schleswig, transported bikers free. He packed his horse trailer with two other vehicles driven by his wife and daughter with bikes and bikers and refused to take a cent. Look, he told one of the cyclists, three weeks ago, my beans and corns were an absolute disaster. The good Lord gave me this rain yesterday, and today that saved my crops. And the least I can do is, in thanks is to help out some of these 6,000 people who have been inconvenienced by the rain that saved the whole thing that I've got invested. The people he saved kept pressing money on him, and he finally agreed to take it and give it to his church. President Reagan should hire him to write speeches. Tuesday, however, was another matter entirely. The day was absolutely perfect for cycling. Overcast, cool, an occasional ray of sunshine, a tailwind most of the day, and beautiful rolling countryside 
like a Norman Rockwell painting, dotted with feeding cattle and the serenity of middle America. One writer summed up the feeling of the day when he called out to a companion, Slow down, Herb! It's Ragbri again! And of course, with the return of good weather, the food stands sprang up like mushrooms along the road. They started with the Lanesboro United Methodist Women several miles south of Lake City. And it continued in Glidden with the Lutheran and Methodist Women. On the approach to Coon Rapids stood Don Bowman, an amateur radio operator, offering to send radio messages from writers to loved ones anywhere in the States or to other countries. That's pretty cool. In Coon Rapids, the town swim team was selling food to raise money for, you guessed it, swimsuits. The Guthrie County cattlemen and cowbells, along with the county pork producers and the 4-H good timers, were stationed just north of Highway 44. Right at Highway 44 were the Guthrie High School basketball cheerleaders. Their mother served food while the cheerleaders seemed intent on giving back rubs to high school boys. The men and women of VFW Post 8877 of Adair sold cookies and a at a ridiculous price at the Grant Township Community Center three miles north of U.S. Highway 6. A mile further along, the Adair Fire Department and Boy Scouts sold watermelon and other things. Along U.S. Highway 6, the riders found the Good Shepherd American Lutheran Church with sandwiches and things, the Casey's Women's Club, the senior class of Adair County School, and the F- school FFA raising money for this and that. Casey itself looked like a small centennial celebration, what with riders filling the streets and eating things offered by the American Legion Auxiliary, the Federated Women's Club, the Stitch and Chatter Club, the Lions, and the St. Joseph's Altar and Rosary Society. Ragbri 9 spent Tuesday night in Greenfield, and the town seemed ready for anything and everything. There was music on the town square, and every organization in town appeared ready to do something. Among them, in addition to the restaurants and the bars, were the Sunshine Daycare Center, Fontenelle Lions, Adair County Historical Society, Highland Methodist Church, Greenfield United Methodist Church, Adair County Democrats, Greenfield High School Wrestlers, St. John's Catholic Church, Chapter C.A. of P.E.O., Takeoff Pound Sensibly, the American Legion and Auxiliary, and the Pork, Lamb, and Beef Producers. Does God love fat bikers? Tune in tomorrow for another chapter in this continuing tale of terror and humiliation. Today's trek, 100 miles of sweat from Greenfield to Leon. So actually, I was wrong. There was a, you had Soggy Monday and then a normal distance bike ride and then a 100 mile day. But still, that is brutal. That is a lot of biking. But it sounds like they recovered. I just love these articles of John Karras's from back in the day in which he can actually list all the vendors that were along the route on that day. Also, more power to him for stopping at every single one and getting their names and information and what they were serving. I mean, that that is all information that he found on the ride. He They didn't have the pre-ride in those days, or at least not like how we have it today, where he would have <laughs> actually known any of this in advance, or at least most of it. So I just love reading that and seeing all the people that came out to support Ragbri. And how fun would it be to be one of those people and see your name or your name of your organization in the paper? And to think that there was someone doing ham radio call-outs all across the globe, I mean, that's pretty neat. Now, how? what are the odds that anyone's sitting there listening to your message? I don't know, but it's still a cool deal. All right, so moving on to our final article of today. I have one from August 30th, 1981, so almost a whole month later. 
but I wanted to read this one because they decided to make a commemorative patch for Soggy Monday because it was just that bad. <laughs> and I, can, I know you can't see this while I'm reading it, but it says John Karras at the top of the article and the J and John is a little tire pump and the O looks like a flat tire that's losing air quickly. It's extremely cute. So I'm going to try to cut it out and use it as the picture for today's episode. So I'm going to read most of this. I might skim through a little bit of it if there's any redundant information or anything I think is boring. But um, I wanted to include this one because it kind of puts a pin in the whole thing. And I'll tell you this, we have Soggy Monday patches in the Ragbri um, collection today. I don't know. I, they used to be for sale on the web store. I'd have to go look and see if they're still available. Our patches are still being counted for inventory, but we still have some patches. So please reach out if you're interested in one. If you were somebody who rode on Soggy Monday, I think they're five bucks, but you'd have to email info at ragbri.com to find out. Or you can email me later, Andrea at ragbri.com. I'm happy to go look that up slash find one for you. All right. So a Soggy Monday patch for Ragbri survivors. More than a dozen, but fewer than four score and seven of those who suffered the recent calamity called Ragbri 9 have suggested that the register offer a patch commemorating the second day of the ride. The day the wind blew, the rain poured, and the temperature stayed below 55. Why would anyone want to re a reminder of the most miserable day in cycling's recent history is beyond me, but there it is. Weird or not, the register is going to comply with the request. A patch is hereby being offered. It will be the same shape as the Ragbri 9 century patch, that is, round, but with a black background and gold lettering. Its message will be simple and direct with this wording. Sage Monday, 1981, Ragbri 9. We're charging $2.25 a patch, which means that if you order one, you'll be paying good money for the privilege of having suffered the indignity of that miserable day. I expect most Ragbri Niners to order patches. Ragbriers generally have a good time, but show little appreciation of irony. Order by sending a check covering the number of patches you want in a self-addressed stamped envelope to Soggy Monday at the Des Moines Register, blah, 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 Des Moines, Iowa. Be sure to include the self-addressed stamped envelope. If we receive enough orders, we'll have the patches made and send yours to you in your self-addressed stamped envelope. If not, we'll return your money. Life never gets fairer than that. If you found a teddy bear along the way of Ragbri 9, please let Don Benson know. Write to him at the above address. Seriously. And speaking of Ragbri 9's miserable second day, the reactions of writers who have written to me has been little short of amazing. In addition to the rain day, you may recall... The week's ride featured a total of about 500 miles, about 4,000 hills, and headwinds six days out of seven. Anyone who had anything to do with planning such a week might reasonably expect a stack of mail expressing the full range of emotions from anger to hatred. Not from ragbriers, at least not from ones who wrote. Best ride of all, wrote one ragbri veteran. Your inclusion of a loop at the beginning of the ride this year, wrote another, has interested me in the possibility of a similar north-south loop through the hills of eastern Iowa at the conclusion of some future ride. How would the faint of heart take that? Imagine a 550-mile bike ride with every two-mile hill in northeastern Iowa at its climax. Another wrote, even though there were a few challenges, a person needs that sort of thing now and then. The best letter of all, however, came from a Hiawatha man who, disheartened and sore need after the Monday ride, drove a car from Lake City to Greenfield. 
He resumed cycling the next day and rode the last half with a girl who was riding on knees so sore she had to stop 20 miles out at a clinic and get knee wraps and medication. She showed a lot more intestinal fortitude than I had the day before. She changed my negative thinking about the whole ride to positive. I never saw her again. He continued on and eventually finished in Keokuk in a state of euphoria. Still, his letter continues, something was not quite right. My lack of dedication, as shown by others, bothered me. So the next Friday, I drove back to Lake City. Saturday, I rode the Lake City to Greenfield Leg. Late, maybe, but now I can say I rode Rag by Nine. Crazy? Sure, you have to be. I'll drink to that. And speaking further of Rag by Nine, this is positively the last time I'll mention it in this space. May it rest in peace. And so that is my conclusion of my Soggy Monday roundup. I hope you enjoyed it. I, may we have never another day like that on Ragbri again, before or since or in the future. And shout out to my mom, Karen, my Aunt Cindy, and my dad, Alan, who all rode Soggy Monday and survived <laughs> to tell the story about it. Um, and I would love to see in the article or when you post, see this on social media, post in the comments. A note about your experience with Soggy Monday, if you've had one. I would love to hear it. I would love to talk about it on a future Parrot Talk. Until then, I'll squawk at you later. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com, or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, Just, just Go Bike! bike.